Welcome to the Intersection of Faith and the Culture. It's Wall Builders. We are taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective, and we're glad you're here with us. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach. Honored to be here with David and Tim Barton. Of course, David is America's premier historian. I hope you have read some of his books or seen some of his videos. If not, check those out at wallbuilders.com today. Wealth of information there. And then, of course, Tim Barton, national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, and also a ton of great programs available there on their website. In fact, if you haven't watched One Room Schoolhouse, you ought to check that out there. Uh, there's so many things that you can do. So if you want to just start you know, chipping away at it, then visit the website today, read a couple of articles, watch a couple of the videos, just start to get that education. I, I realize sometimes when you, if you're new to this, if, if you're kind of just discovering a love of history and a love of the Constitution and, and kind of trying to figure out what makes a society work well, what do I need to do as a citizen to do a better job of, of influencing my family and my neighbors and, and, and the folks in my church, if you're just starting to do that, it can be overwhelming, and you're going, "Wow, <laughs> you know, there's there's a lot of stuff here. Where do I where do I start?" Well, I highly recommend starting to listen, obviously, to this radio program on a daily basis. We just give you 25, 30 minute chunks every day for five days a week. Uh, that's a fantastic place to start. But then also visit the website and just start perusing, and, and then look for a topic that really captures your attention and and seems like it would be interesting. Check that out today. Go to wallbuilderslive.com for the radio site and wallbuilders.com for our regular site. All right, guys, later in the program, Tim Gagline will be with us. But before we get to our special guest, uh, kind of doing a special thing here in February. And uh, it's a chance for people to learn about some heroes through history that they maybe never heard of. Some of these folks, they, they, they might have heard of if they're longtime Wild Builders listeners. But this American Hero Series is going to be really fun throughout the month of February. And today's the first one. So, so Tim, there's a way for them to learn more. Not only today, they'll hear a little bit about that hero, but they can really dive into that hero if they go to wildbuilders.com today. Yeah, exactly right. One of the things we wanted to do as, as we've encouraged people to go back and relearn the stories, we decided we just need to start taking some of these people. Let's write a short bio on them. So it's a page and a half bio. And this is something we, we, we try to make available. So for parents and grandparents, for teachers, whether you're in a, a public or private, a Christian school, a parochial school, whether you're a homeschool parent, maybe even if you're a boss and you want to <laughs> distribute this to your employees, let them know some incredible heroes in the month of February, or maybe you are an employee and you just want to get a stack of these and take them to work so people can see some of this stuff. Uh, you can go to wallbuilders.com, look for the American Heroes uh, series. And these first American heroes we highlight, there are 20 incredible black American heroes. And as, as we're going to actually, in the month of February, we're going to kind of go in order of the way that it appears. So if you get all 20 of these, if you download them, um, the order they show up in when you download them are the order that we're going to go through their stories as we go through the month of February. And I'll add to this that these are really important for a lot of reasons. You know, we've had programs already, and we've seen a lot of laws passed on things like critical race theory, because this Marxist stuff is coming in, sitting one race against another, one group against another. And it's interesting that critical race theory is not something new. It's been out there for decades. It's been out there for generations. It's new to America. And one of the reasons it's new to America is we don't even know our own history. If we knew our own black history the way it actually happened— there wouldn't be ground for all the criticism that's coming forth. Sure, America's done some some bad things, but why didn't we have critical race theory 20 years ago? Because we still knew too much of our history. We knew too many heroes, too many stories. We could show the bad, but we could also show the good. And so that's the importance of this is knowing the good stories 
And then that critical race theory, you go, nah, that doesn't make any sense because I know too many of the good stories. And that's why this is really important as well. Well, so let's dive in. So the very first hero is someone Rick mentioned that if you've been a Wall Builders fan for a while, you might have heard this story. We we actually have told it in many different presentations throughout the years because it really, this is one of our favorite guys, the first devil spy in American history, a guy named James Armistead. And James Armistead uh, was someone who actually was a slave in Virginia. And if you go through the course of the war in 1781, in January of 1781, the British attack Richmond, Virginia and Richmond Falls. Well, worse than just Richmond being defeated, the British commander actually told the British troops to go in and really attack the civilian population. They were going and they were going to individuals' homes and, and they were abusing people and murdering people. And this really set James Armistead off. Now, also worth noting that the British officer at that time was the famous infamous, maybe, Benedict Arnold. Benedict Arnold, the famous American trader who just months before had been an American general. He, he sells out or tries to sell out Washington, West Point. The, the plot gets exposed in this really divine way that God protects Washington and West Point and the, the military in general. And so at this point, Benedict Arnold goes to the British. He's now a general for the British. And James Armistead goes to his master. And, and, and James, at, at that point, it was very common for slaves to have the last name of their master. So really, James goes to his master and says, hey, I, I, I want to go fight. I, I, I don't want to see this happen to America. His master says, that's great. So James goes and signs up. Well, when he signs up, the Marquis de Lafayette gets James and James comes as a spy. Lafayette had a spy ring and specifically Lafayette had a lot of black patriots that he would use and they would go into the British camp pretending to be escaped slaves. But while they're in the camp, they're gathering intelligence. And so James goes into the camp of Bennett Arnold. He starts gathering intelligence, reports back to Lafayette. Well, while he's in the camp, he does such a good job serving that Bennett Arnold takes kind of a notion to him. And, and James ends up going and serving in the officer's tent in the British camp. Well, Bennett Arnold gets reassigned and, and he goes and serves under Lord Cornwallis, the commander of all the British forces. James goes with Bennett Arnold to the tent of Lord Cornwallis. He's there for, for all of the British kind of officer meetings, hearing all this intel. Well, he's getting word back to Lafayette. Lafayette gets word to Washington. As the next months go on, the Americans, because they have this really good intelligence, the American military starts showing up in the right place at the right time. And Cornwallis knows that there's no way the Americans should know this. He realizes there's got to be a spy in our camp. And he decides one of the best ways to combat the American spy, whoever it is, because he doesn't know, but he knows there's a spy. The best way to combat the spy, he says, I'm going to need a spy of my own. So he decides he's going to find a spy to send the American camp. And he asks James Armistead to be the spy and go to the American camp. James agrees. He ends up pretending to spy for the British, actually spies for the Americans the entire time. He's the first double spy in American history. And he's the guy who reports to Lafayette that Cornwallis was moving with his troops to Yorktown. Well, Yorktown is where Washington actually defeats Cornwallis and ultimately ends the American Revolution. And the reason that Washington even knew about it was because of the spy in the British camp, James Armistead. Now, there's way more to the story. This is just the tip of the iceberg. But but every single day, Monday through Friday, on this radio program, we are going to cover a hero of the day. We're going to introduce you to them. And then for more information, go to the Wall Builders website. But the hero today is James Armistead, the first double spy in American history, a guy you definitely need to know more about. But for more information, go to wallbuilders.com. You can see all 20 bios. You can download them. It's a page and a half. 
just like with all of our written stuff, there's footnotes. So if you want to know more information, look up the footnotes. But the hero today is James Armistead. Well, guys, I can't think of a, a more perfect uh, you know, guest to have on today for the beginning of our hero story than someone that wrote a book about telling the great American story and teaching these great hero stories. Tim Gagline will be with us when we come back from the break. You guys have worked with Tim for many, many years. I can remember going to pastor's briefings, wow, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, where he was speaking at those. So uh, it's, it's neat to see this book. And, of course, we had him on about a year ago to talk about an article he wrote that led to this book. Yeah, he's he's really been a, a great guy. We knew him back in 2001 when George W. Bush went in the White House. He went to the White House with Bush, was there eight years. And throughout that time, uh, we did so many projects with him, so many activities. And so he was with the Office of Public Liaison, OPL, and was just was always, always, always an asset, always someone who really wanted help, but always had his feet down really strong and, and just did so many things right. He's been a vice president uh, at Focus on the Family ever since he left Washington, D.C., left the White House. So two two great endeavors he's had in the last 23 years, and he was really good at both of them. So he now is into trying to help get families because he's focused on the family, help get families back to knowing American history, knowing our heritage, knowing who we are. Uh, when we know who we are, we can't be knocked off our feet nearly as easily as we are when we don't know. We buy too many lies when we don't know. So he's got a great book out on the American story. Stay with us, folks. Tim Gaglon, our special guest today here on The Wallpuller Show. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. Alexis de Tocqueville, a political official from France, traveled to the United States in 1831 and penned his observations in the now famous book Democracy in America. Being from France, what he found in America was completely unexpected to him. He reported, upon my arrival in the United States, the religious aspect of the country was the first thing that struck my attention. And the longer I stayed there, the more I perceived the great political consequences resulting from this. In France, I had almost always seen the spirit of religion and the spirit of freedom marching in opposite directions. But in America, I found that they were intimately united and that they reigned in common over the same country. De Tocqueville recognized that it was biblical Christianity and the morals it produced that made America great. For more information about Alexis de Tocqueville and the positive influence of Christianity in early America, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Great to have Tim Gagline back with us. It's been, I can't believe this. I was just talking to him off air about this. It's already been a year since we've had him on. We've had him on the program off and on over the years. It's great to have you back, Tim. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thank you so much, Rick. Hey, man, thanks for all the work you've always done on the front lines, uh, working for presidents, working for Focus on the Family. Last year, we had you on, right at a year ago, uh, about an article dealing with the idea of we've got to teach the American story. And now it's actually a book that just came out. Toward a More Perfect Union, The Moral and Cultural Case for Teaching the Great American Story. Uh, Tim, why would you want to teach the story of such an evil, racist, uh, unequal, you know, all the things they say about America? You want to teach uh, some, a different story, maybe the true story. What, what motivated you to do this? You know, I'll tell you what motivated me is I had a remarkable conversation with a very famous American historian, Rick, and he said he was suffering from insomnia because the rising generation of young Americans did not know their own history. They didn't know their own culture. Yeah. Uh, he feared a kind of cultural, constitutional, and historic illiteracy. 
Mm. And it's for that reason that I wrote this book. I wanted to tell the American story and to make the cultural and moral case for our country. And I think that every parent, every grandparent who is deeply concerned about their grandson, granddaughter, son, uh, daughter, not knowing the American story, uh, feels the same. And they often say, what can I do? Where can I go? Give me something that will practically help me go tell a new generation about the United States of America and our great history. And if I may say with humility, I think this is the book. Oh, that's so good, man. And I, I couldn't agree more. You know, Ronald Reagan said, if we f- forget what we did, we won't know who we are. Mike Huckabee has, has said before that not knowing your history is like like having amnesia. You, you, you've forgotten who you are, and so you stumble around in the dark. There's no doubt as a nation we've been doing that, and that's why we're falling for all these woke lies uh, and this, this warped interpretation of America and this communist agenda. And so getting back to the truth is essential. So I'm, I'm just thankful you did the book. I, I am curious, what would you say uh, is the, you know, um, the most important thing? to teach about the American story. There's so much there, and I know you, you cover so much in the book for, for our short interview today and for, for parents and grandparents and others. What would you say is the number one thing that, that kids should learn about their own country? I think that they, the number one thing they have to learn is related. There's two things, but it's the same thing, which is uh, the Constitution of the United States is the centerpiece of our nation. Uh, it is a work of total and complete genius, and it wells up, and this is the second part, from our Judeo-Christian tradition. In other words, it's impossible to understand the history of the United States without the Constitution, and it's, Im- it's impossible to understand the power uh, of the Constitution and of the country without understanding uh, the Judeo-Christian roots of our country. And the beautiful thing is that these are not opinions, Rick. These are facts. And this is the problem that we find ourselves in, because we are living in an era of disinformation, erasure, wokeism, and cancel culture. People like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Winston Churchill, they have been summarily erased uh, very often by the progressive left. And it has been deliberate. That is the thing that is most disturbing and should disturb us to the soul of our, of our person, uh, that what we are watching has been intentional. It's to erase the country's history and to replace it with something else. And I think that that's what we have to be diligent about and we have to restore. It's about a restoration, the restoration of the Constitution, a restoration of the firm understanding of the Judeo-Christian underpinnings and why it's so important, timely, topical, relevant uh, to, the, uh, to the country, culture, civilization we find ourselves in now as 21st century Americans. Mm, so good, Tim. So good. I mean, you're singing our song. I mean, that is, that is so right. So many points you just said I want to talk about. I wish we had three hours. Okay, so the, the, I, I mean, even just the idea uh, of the basic concept you just got across, which is that our Constitution is unique and powerful and amazing and where it came from, what were the inputs that, that caused it to happen— we used to teach that. What what happened? I mean, why is this book so necessary? Shouldn't we do this in our schools? Shouldn't this be part of our overall education system? And, and when did we change from that? I'm thrilled that you asked because the answer to your question, Rick, is the reason I wrote Toward a More Perfect Union. And here it is. We must stand up to this lack of teaching and propaganda if we are to preserve America. 
Uh, I, I think if we want to keep the spirit of American freedom and liberty alive in our age of what others have called uh, creeping progressivism, uh, it's nothing less than our moral obligation. And I actually believe strongly, and I say so in the book, and it's the reason I want people to read it, is that the future of America is on the line. Mm. We have never been more divided uh, since the Civil War, and everything depends on going to tell a new generation the American story about why our institutions uh, are so central. And the battle for the soul of our nation, it seems to me, Rick, is going to begin in our homes, which I, I pray then will hopefully transform our schools and then restore the proper teaching of American history and civics. And my goal is that this book will be a practical tool uh, in our toolbox to help us get to that goal. You, you read my mind, Tim, as far as my next question, which is where, you know, where to first use this book. And I agree completely in the home. It's our, it's our responsibility to educate ourselves, to educate our kids, and then from there out into the community, into our churches, uh, what a great tool to be able to do that. This is going to be a little bit of an, an unfair question for the time that we have to, for you to answer it. But um, what what would you say? How would you describe the difference a nation in a nation? What it looks like, its prosperity, its its, its harmony, all those things, depending on whether you teach the children to hate their country, which is what we've essentially been doing with all the woke stuff, versus teaching the children. Uh, the good, and, and I'm not saying don't teach the bad and the ugly too. We at Wobblers always say that the good that you teach it all, but you emphasize the good. What is the different outcome in the culture when you take the approach you're taking, which is teach them the good, don't hide the bad, teach that too, but show them how we overcame the bad and became, as you say, a more perfect union, versus what we've been doing for the last fifty years or so, which is to to only teach the worst parts of American history and frankly uh, uh, not teach uh, teach it in the context of world history, where you end up teaching the kids to hate themselves. I don't know if that long question makes sense. But, but see if you can make hay with it. It makes perfect sense, and, I, and I'll, I'm eager to answer it. You know, one of the great writers of the 20th century, Rick, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, warned us, and I'm quoting him, live not by lies. Yes. Live not by lies. Uh, I'm so thrilled that he wrote that, because I believe that the answer to your question is the following. Truth is liberating. Truth is refreshing. You know, our second president, John Adams, said facts are stubborn things. And great history begins with the facts. And we have to go tell the rising generation of young Americans that they do not have a perfect country. Uh, you know, we're not aiming for a utopia. What we need to teach the next generation is that this is an extraordinary and exceptional country by any objective measure, and that they are honor-bound and duty-bound uh, to become informed citizens. That's what we want. There's a healthy patriotism here. Uh, and if you want to battle back against the lies, against the propaganda, against the uh, disinformation, it seems to me that the best disinfectant uh, is to let light upon the truth and to go tell this generation the principles of the Constitution, the principles of the Declaration of Independence, the story of the American Revolution, the Civil War, the moral and social revolution of the 1960s. You know, we, this is what we are honor-bound to do, because we want a country that continues in the next generation to be a country defined by freedom of speech, 
freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and we know that freedom is very rare, it's very special, it's fragile, it needs protection. So we have a tall task ahead of us, and I am a, a, an inveterate hopefulist. I believe the best days of the United States of America are ahead of us, but we have to get after this major plague upon uh, our nation. Uh, Tim, so good, man. God bless you for writing the book, for putting this tool in the hands of our listeners and, and others across the country. Tim Gagline, the book is called Toward a More Perfect Union, The Moral and Cultural Case for Teaching the Great American Story. You can get to get it in bookstores everywhere, on Amazon. Uh, go check it out and use it in your home. Don't just get it and set it on the shelf. Use it in your home. Study it. Teach it to your kids. Get people to come together and do it as, as a book club. What a great way to reignite a love of, of, of our country and our patriotism because you'll really learn just how unique the American story is. Tim, God bless you. We really appreciate you coming on today, man. Rick, thank you so much. Be of good cheer. You as well. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Hi, friends. This is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outline the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman, Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. We're back here on the Wobble Show. Thanks for staying with us. Back with David and Tim. Uh, guys, always want to get the American story out there. Glad to see more books like this, more uh, more ways for people to teach this to themselves and, of course, to their family as well. And, and a great time to do it as we're telling these American hero stories throughout the month of February. Well, and guys, I can tell you, I actually read his book very recently. Um, I, I was very curious how he was going to handle some of the stories. And it's obviously our organization. We spent a lot of time trying to learn the true story of what happened. And, and I knew he was going to cover some information uh, talking about some of the, the criticisms there, what the 1619 Project says, what Critical Race Theory says. He, he even gets into Howard Zinn and what Howard Zinn says about some of it. And I was just curious if if he was going to really handle this story the way that we know some of the details of the story. And guys, I was just genuinely impressed. I thought he handled it with the brilliance that we have come to expect from Tim Gegline. Uh, it, it's so masterfully written and, and something I would highly encourage. It's it is very deep, but also it's it's so narrowed in focus that I felt like he took what I've been trying to say for the last two years and he synthesized it down. And so there's so many great studies and surveys, so many great quotes, a great abbreviation of the history that, that largely we've been arguing uh, on this program in our presentations for a long time. And, and even as he pointed out in the interview, right, this is something that is, as you look at America in general, just so many of our rising generation, they don't know the story at all. And what they are learning is not true. 
And as, as he points out in his book, A More Perfect Union, there is a way to bring this back together and it's learning the true story, right? Because you pointed out in the interview, it's it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and we don't deny, man, there were some ugly, evil, awful moments. And we say a little bit tongue in cheek, but it's kind of true is really the most evil policies that happened in American history, without exception, always happened under a Democrat president leader. And that that's just, you know, the kind of ideologies that were promoted under them. But with that being said, he he just does such a good job of pointing out that's not the whole story. And if you're going to start canceling people, you're actually going to end up canceling a lot of heroes that should be remembered, including some of the Native Americans. Because if you're going to say everybody that owned slaves or everybody that, that ever killed somebody or whatever it is, you have to be very careful with the standard that you uphold because there's people – on all kinds of different tribes and groups and genders and nationalities that that you would be canceling. And really, we should learn from the stories, not cancel them because of a flaw in their character or in their story along the way. And, and by the way, Tim, you mentioned Howard Zinn, and a lot of people don't know him, but nearly everyone has felt his hand, has felt his effect. Uh, he's a professor of history that back in the 70s and 80s was writing books and he he took the deconstruction view of American history. If there's anything bad in American history, he's going to take it, highlight it, blow it up. And if there's something good, he's not going to cover it. And I was just reading this week on what he said about Indian treaties. And, and he said every single Indian treaty that was ever made was broken by the U.S. government. False, 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 false. That's so easy to disprove. Um, I, I was just looking the the state historian of Colorado. Somebody asked him, did, did Indians ever break treaties? And he just went through and listed treaty after treaty after treaty. You're dealing with humans. It doesn't matter whether you're Indian, whether you're Anglo, whether you're black, whether you're any other color, you're human. And, and you got false. Well, Howard Zinn is the guy who started saying, no, 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 it's in groups. Certain groups have false and certain groups have to attack other groups. And, and it was just bad stuff. So he's the guy who's really introduced deconstruction. We believed him, as you said, that we should teach the good, the bad, the ugly. He thought that we should teach only the bad and the ugly, and he even made a lot of that up. So he's the one that so much of this this downturn in our knowledge of history goes back to Howard Zinn. Um, so many professors have picked him up, and they cite him like he is the second coming for, for their side. I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. So Howard Zinn, uh, that's not a good name for history. And what Tim Gagline has got is really the opposite view that Howard Zinn refused to cover. All right, folks, thanks for joining us today on the Wall Builder Show. You can get more of our programming at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. There's an archive section there if you enjoyed today and you want to just go grab some of the previous programs from a few months back. You can listen to some Good News Friday programs, Foundations of Freedom Thursdays, and then Monday through Wednesday we have great interviews just like we did today. And then also consider signing up as a Constitution coach and hosting some of our classes in your home or and your live, you know, right there in your house is I think is the best place to do it, but you can also do it at your church fellowship hall or local library or wherever you like. Just get people educated, folks. It's, we have all got a role to play in this. And if you want to be a Constitution coach, we give that away to you for free. You can do that today at constitutioncoach.com. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to the Wallbuilder show. We stand undivided.